Hey everyone, it's Jason McLaren, and th this podcast is This Show is a Disaster, and I got a guest today, Mark Armour. He's a business continuity professional, and just want to welcome to the show, Mark. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate it. Yeah, so yesterday on our episode, we were talking about how this pandemic that's going on right now, the COVID-19, is changing the world of emergency management, and I talked a little bit in there about business continuity and how, you know, it's not so much a emergency management uh, disaster for businesses. It's more of a business continuity disaster. So I was glad you were able to come on today and I talked about what you're doing there at your, your company now. Sure, sure. So it, as you say, it's, uh, it's definitely a business disaster. And I, I look at it from two perspectives. Um, one is obviously management of the actual virus threat, COVID-19, um, and what we're doing to keep employees safe, protect employees, our facilities, keep businesses operational. But then the other piece is, yeah, from a business perspective, um, what do we do to, to basically keep the lights on, given that we're operating in a situation where um, a lot of retail, um, obviously sports and entertainment events have shut down. So how do we continue to, to be innovative, keep things going and operating uh, in those kinds of conditions? And definitely, and, and with your, your industry, I can only imagine that your your um, your people are in and out of all these places, even though they're not operating. Correct, correct. Um, we we are considered a, a critical service, so uh, obviously we're uh, in the armored car industry, so we're handling cash, and and of course that means picking up the physical banknotes, um, bringing to to cash vaults, counting and inventorying, and of course delivering. Delivering cash change where, where individuals need it, as well as things like servicing ATMs, replenishing ATMs, things of that nature. So, so yeah, we're we're basically out in the field, interacting on the road day in and day out. Yeah, I, I talked about security uh, yesterday, also, or not yesterday, a couple of days ago, and how you know all these buildings are empty right now. Uh, you know, the ones that are like theaters and that sort of thing are empty, and so it's, they're becoming targets for criminals. Uh, can you talk about some of the past disasters you've had? I think you worked on Katrina and Ike on at some of your other positions. I have, I have. So uh, I think probably the most recent one since since I've been here at Brinks was uh, was Hurricane Harvey. So that was the the flooding that impacted the uh, the Texas coast, particularly in the, the Houston area. Um, and our 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 key, if I were to if I were to say so, is is sticking to protocols to the extent possible. As, as you mentioned, in situations like this or in a natural disaster event, um, that's when we tend to be most vulnerable. That's when people are looking to take advantage. So um, our focus is really to, to be as, as strict in, in compliance with our safety and our security protocols as possible on a day in, day out basis. And that's, that's particularly applicable uh, during some kind of a disaster uh, or, or some kind of some kind of threat that we're operating under, um, and as as long as we can maintain both our security protocols as well as the uh, the staff and the manpower needed to ensure that we can we can maintain that level of safety and security, then we're generally speaking in good shape. Um, with our current events, um, I think because there are a number of businesses that are shuttered, um, we haven't seen manpower being necessarily an issue it's it's basically it is as you say it's it's we're entering buildings either it's hospitals or maybe it's banks or even retail establishments uh, where we have to be extra cautious around what we do to ensure the safety of our employees 
Definitely. And how do you, um, you know, what are y'all having, to, are you having to do anything special at your facilities that are still staffed as far as like, you know, screening people as they come in or are you having people work from home that, that um, are testing, you know, high fever, that sort of thing? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So we're, we're following whatever the public guidelines are. Uh, we're a global company. So those guidelines vary from country to country. Um, in the U.S., we're obviously relying on the CDC, uh, but also, uh, as you're probably aware, on a state-by-state basis sometimes those requirements and those mandates can vary but yes at at a minimum if people are sick we're asking them to stay home to quarantine for 14 days awesome and did you run into any problems like transitioning people that didn't normally work from home like to keep the business continuity going Uh, surprisingly not so much um our corporate headquarters for the U.S. is in uh, Capel, Texas. That's the North Texas area. Uh, and our global headquarters is in Richmond, Virginia. Um, both of those are subject to both severe weather threats as well as obviously winter storm threats. So we certainly had our share of events and issues that have required us to actually work remotely. Um, great examples in the Dallas area, uh, if anybody's familiar. Ice storms are kind of a recurring problem. We've been lucky we haven't seen any in the past couple of years, but we've certainly seen our fair share. And if anybody's familiar with ice storms, it prevents anybody from traveling at all. So uh, when we see those threats come in, that's when people are taking their laptops home and our workforce is pretty much all, all remote capable. So we have the infrastructure to do it as well as just the culture that enables it. So uh, not, a, not a terribly difficult process by a, from uh from our standpoint that's good that's good stuff i know a lot of people were joking when this all started that they're like you know you're you're mean tell me that the teacher that can't hit you know they they hit reply all every time they reply by email is going to start learn learn how to work remote and um, i just was trying to think of like some of the other industries where it's more uh practical that you're trying to work from home uh you know and trying to manage that curve Correct. Correct. Again, I think I think we're just we're just lucky that um, our culture promotes it, and we've done it on enough uh, enough times in the past that uh, that it was a, a relatively easy trigger to pull. I, th- I think the only the only struggle that we've had is is we did acquire uh, another company. We acquired Dunbar late last year, um, so obviously that increased the volume of people that we that we had. Um, so we had some struggles, probably initially just both. We had additional facilities that we had to send people to work remotely. Um, and we're seeing more of a strain, not only just with um, our own internal systems to support it, though we haven't had any major issues on our, our uh, on our systems. It's been the public infrastructure. So you're probably aware of things like WebEx and Skype, um, Zoom, some of those some of those tools have had some issues. So when we're trying to meet virtually, uh, we've certainly had had the occasional hiccup here and there. Yeah, that's good that you guys practiced that in the past, especially that, you know, probably during less severe events. And that was one thing uh, that I try to do when I'm doing disaster drills and that sort of thing, at least every once in a while, like every couple of years, do a virtual EOC. That way the, the leadership gets a chance to practice, you know, being remote, not being on site and uh, dealing with those hiccups. So. Correct. Correct. And, and being a global organization, um, it's not unusual for our leadership team to have to 
both manage remotely, right? So they're, they're managing teams that may be out of country as well as they're frequently traveling, right? So they're, they're, they're meeting with leaders in other countries and, and even customers in other parts of the globe. So they're, they're basically remote capable, but also, again, that, that just kind of suits that culture where um, working and managing teams that may be remote uh, is, is not a foreign concept to most of them. And probably the other thing I'll add too is, is we try to take every opportunity to kind of exercise our process. So um, whether that's a power outage, maybe it's a technology issue, maybe it's just some kind of production problem that we've experienced, um, that's usually an opportunity for us to basically execute within our response framework, um, start to ramp up strategies. Even if we don't execute them, we're still mobilizing all the resources and kind of following the framework. So when, when issues such as this occur, we're, uh, we're at least fairly well practiced. Um, are there things that we learn along the way? Absolutely, every single, every single time. But at least people are kind of like in the mindset of responding and, and executing effectively. Awesome. And uh, one last question. Can you let everyone know a little bit about your background? And, and sure. Career? Yeah, sure. So uh, I served in business continuity uh, almost 18 years ago, uh, the end of 2002. Um, I worked primarily in the financial services area. So I worked for a number of financial institutions uh, in the past, um, holding a number of roles, either leading global teams, either in planning or response or testing. Uh, to most recently, I run the global program for uh, for Brinks Incorporated. Um, and over that time, I've kind of just, I tell people um, 18 years is probably enough time to learn what not to do. So most of what I've learned um, has come by way of, of either making mistakes or doing things incorrectly along the way. Uh, hopefully, 18 years is enough, and, and now I'm at a point now where moving forward, I won't make nearly as many mistakes, and there won't be nearly as many learning opportunities so much as uh, practice and uh and opportunities to kind of practice what i what i know and what i have learned definitely and you're getting your pandemic merit badge this this year <laughs> as is everybody right yeah well thanks mark thanks for coming on the show uh how can people get a hold of you on on your social media or whatever um yeah so i'm i'm easy to find on linkedin it's mark armor a-r-m O-U-R, if you search for me on LinkedIn, should be the first one that comes up. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at uh, BC for business continuity underscore revolution. So I try to try to do things differently and try to change things within the business continuity industry. So that's a, that's a, that's a good place to, to find me as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, thanks for coming on the show. I know everybody's going to enjoy that. Excellent. Excellent. It was good talking to you, Jason. Right, talk to you later.